We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke uh, here for the uh, n- uh, for the next uh, foreseeable future, probably about an hour or so. Uh, it yeah. promises to be a banger of a show. Uh, we'll have we'll hammer down. We'll try to construct some good lineups and hammer some good points in here and there. Yes, I've got some. You know, I have some construction background going on here, so uh, uh, bear with me on that. Uh, but Fred, how's it going? It's good. I'm excited for the upcoming Jared Kelnick debut here in a couple of days, and. You know, two more sleeps, two more sleeps till Jared Kelnick plays the majors, which was probably not going to be as immediately exciting as we're all making it out to be. But I still think it's uh, it's probably going to be the best prospect debut this season. Yeah, uh, and it's not a surprise that he's one of the first. Uh, that this was like yeah. the least kept secret. You know, we we were super uh, you know prepared for this. I mean, he he's done everything he can to force the issue, uh, and here we are. Homer's twice on his uh, first day. Uh, in the minors in AAA, it, it was kind of least kept secret. There was the fake tweet yesterday that I fell for, uh, and Joel Sherman fell for. I think Mike Farron did, a few other people calling him out because it's just I was I, misery loves company. And there was another national writer that fell for it, but in his own little way, where he tweeted out like it was his news, and then of course deleted the tweet once he found out that it was fake news. But it looks like Thursday is going to be the day. Yeah, the Thursday's going to be the day, and I think I'm, int- I'm interested to get your take on Kalnick because I think his upside is really, really high from this point forward. Like, I'm interested to – you'll yeah. be the first person who I've discussed with, you know, like where do we rank him going forward without having him have played a game yet, but I, I think pretty darn high. Yeah, I think so too. I wish I had him more. I only have him in AL Tout Wars. 
thought I had them other places. Then I went to my little uh, Google spreadsheet. And I was like, type in Kelman. Nope, that's it. Just one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really wanted to have them in more places. I guess I just wasn't uh, wasn't able to do that, uh, to do a little bit, uh, to get them in more places. But how many? I know you have them in a lot of leagues, don't you? I have him, and especially, you know, not not all leagues are probably created equal. Like, I have him on my main event team, and I have him on a $500 buy-in NFBC team that I drafted the night before that I drafted the main event team. So those are two of the more significant leagues mm-hmm. for me, uh, and I've been patiently waiting on him. I wasn't as on him, maybe. I'd have to look back and see where he went in our labor draft, but I wasn't. As I think I have him also in one or two of those draft NFBC draft champions, but I wasn't totally on him when we were doing the labor draft, and I I regret that. Although maybe he went really early, I'd have to look back. Like I well, said, Tim McLeod's in our league, so there's uh, he, Tim has him. Yes, of course he does. Of yeah. course he does. Uh, and if it wasn't going to be him, Joe Sheehan could have had him just as he, just as readily. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised you haven't made a trade offer yet. I mean, like a week ago, for that matter. I'm kind of disappointed to be frank. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make a trade offer very soon. I'm going to actually, I was trying to think what I would trade for him. And I'm just pulling up actually there. I've got up our labor draft um, so I can see what round Tim took him in and should I have been on it? Yeah, he took him in round 13. I right am, near you. In fact, he was right yeah. in your kitchen. Yeah, so I I would have passed on him to take Ian Happ and then he was gone. And would I have taken him over Cole Calhoun or Eliezer Hernandez, who I took on my next turn? Quite possibly. But so I just just missed out on him. Um, I will give Tim, a, my team's not doing well in that league, but I would give him quite a lot for him. I, I would not trade Lindor or Freddie Freeman. I would not trade Brandon Woodruff. I'm pretty much open to anything else. How about that? That's aggressive. I think you should go for it before I beat you to it. So I think I might just try to I might just try to meddle here a little bit. Tim's got a balanced team, 40 and a half hitting points, 35 and a half pitching points. It's hurting in stolen bases. That doesn't help us because Kelnick could provide some. Mm-hmm. Hurting in ERA and whip. Okay, you can offer a pitcher. So that's your path. I'm just gonna see if I can mess that up for you just enough. No, I I, I want him <laughs> too. That's all. It's not has nothing to do with you. Uh I'm tired of starting Clint Frazier every week. There, there you have it. Yeah, and I mean, in this league specifically, I actually have a lot of outfielders, and I don't have a lot of infielders. Uh, well, I don't have middle infielders. I have Starlin Castro and uh, in one of my middle infield spots. I, for, anyways, I my middle infielders and uh, Nick Ahmed, who got me a steal last night. I just picked up him, picked him up, mm-hmm. and he's in one of my other spots. I need middle infielders more. How about this? Looking at your team, Trent Grisham and Tay Oscar, you have both of those guys who are similar in some ways to Kelnick in that they have that power and speed. Combo. And awesomeness. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Grisham a little more speed. Tay Oscar a little more power. Um, both of them are not batting typically batting average helpers. Um, maybe at best they're not maybe at best they're not herders, but but not big helpers. Um, do you think Kalenic's kind of in that wheelhouse? If you were if we were drafting right now going forward, do you think he's kind of in that wheelhouse where of the fourth, fifth round type outfielders. Oh, I wouldn't take Kelnick that high. I I, I prefer Grisham and Teoscar over him, and okay. especially because I get to say Teoscar. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I think that in and of itself is worth a round right there. Uh, I think Kelnick. If I'm drafting today, I mean, it's sight unseen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not sight unseen. That's not that's that's lying. But it's major league sight unseen. I'd probably put him eighth round. I don't know. 
Um, I'm, I'm a little more circumspect than you are. Yeah, you are. I would go a little higher just because there's just not a lot. So I see, so I gave you like a long list of guys to consider. Uh, I would take him say over all the Charlie Blackman, Eddie Rosario. Those were kind of like eighth round types when we drafted. Um, they don't have any speed. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I would take him over those guys. I would have trouble taking him over, say someone like a George Springer. If Springer, if I thought Springer was going to be back really soon, um, there's just so. But is he, Fred? No, you're you're my local <laughs> no. Blue Jays source here. No, he's not coming back anytime soon. I'd trade Springer for Kelnick, like that. Done. Right, right, right. So I'll so, do it again. I just did it again. You would. So you would not. I bet you would not trade Kelnick then for Aaron Judge. Um, Sorry, you would trade. You would rather have Aaron Judge. I would. I'm. I'm stubborn with Aaron yes. Judge. Yes. Yes. How about Randy and Rosarena? Mm, that seems fair. That seems so, in the ballpark. Yeah. So I felt like. So I was kind of looking at typical skill set. So this. So this is my theory on Kelnick to share with the world. And I might've shared this once on this podcast before, but in 2019, when he was 19, he played 117 games in the minors. He did not, he got as far as double a in the 117 games. He got 23 homers and 20 steals. So, you know, you push that out towards more like a major league type season, 145 or something games, you know, you get more like 26 homers, 22 or three steals. I believe had Kelnick played in the minors last year, he would have basically repeated those numbers or, or so maybe even bettered them while playing most of the season in AAA, playing maybe a little AA, a lot of AAA, something like that. <laughs> and then his fantasy stock would have been in drafts this year would have been even higher. But because there was no minor league season, we didn't have those numbers to go, like a 2020 set of statistics to go by. I just, I think he's, he seems really good at the plate. And then he yeah. also, and then he also has the speed. And I, it's not, I don't think he's going to be elite speed, but if he could steal going forward a dozen bases, maybe the rest of the way, I don't 15 might be asking a lot in this environment of, but the Mariners don't mind running. That's true. That's true. So uh, maybe he could I, steal I, they, In fact, I would go farther and say they'd like running. They yeah. don't even not, not mind it. I think they're one of the, <laughs> I need to clarify. I, I should probably get some numbers to justify. No, you're right. It, how about this? In the grand scheme of major league baseball, if you're the team nowadays who runs the most, then maybe the most I'll give you is you don't mind running. Cause compared to teams a few years yeah. ago, that's all you are. But, but you're right. Like, like the, the Padres, the Mariners, these are some of the teams that like to run the most, which is still not a lot of running historically, even compared to a decade ago, but it is, it's sure. the most now. It's the most now, which is all that matters. So I I kind of compared him to some of these Grisham or Rosarena types who can get you some homers, some steals. Um, you know, we'll see what the batting average is like with Kelnick, but Kelnick, but I I don't think it'll be low, or I don't I don't think there's any more likelihood it'll be low than any of those other guys. Yeah, I have that cognitive bias, um, and I'm forgetting the, the the term for it, where I overvalue those that I have. Um, right. I have Grisham, uh, as you know, as right. you well know. Um, I, it'll come to me like immediately after the podcast is done, unless a, a helpful listener that is paying attention wants to remind me the name of that bias. But uh, read <laughs> Keith Law's book on uh, in, in, Inside Baseball. It's you know he talks about all these biases and it, it's endowment effect. Thank you, thank you. That's right. There it uh, is. Yeah, th- thank you, uh, Guatam Rao, uh, and I, I probably butchered the, uh, your name. Uh, got him row. That's uh, but uh, anyhow, thank you. And down effect. That is exactly it. That's what I have. I know it though. 
So therefore, it's fine, right? If I know what I have that bias, therefore, I don't have it. It's okay. It's like That's jinxing. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think I'm agreeing with you on Grisham, who's off to a good start. I don't know. I think I think I would have him in the a little higher than you, like the fifth round or so, sixth yeah. round. But but again, maybe I'm getting a little too enthusiastic about so. Like I did just watch the Vladimir Guerrero experience, where like Vladimir Guerrero is an amazing talent, and he's going to be amazing and have a great career and everything. But it still took him a couple of years to get rolling, and the mm -hmm. fact that he's rolling now doesn't help you if you drafted him two years ago. So, yeah. you know, and had him in your league that season, or if you had him in your league last season, the fact he's rolling now doesn't help you. So um, maybe I'll be wrong on Kelnick hitting the ground running. I just like the fact that he can steal some bases. It helps me. And I think in that lineup, he should hit pretty high up. Like I think, I guess I, maybe I, I don't, I shouldn't give the Mariners this much credit, but they don't have a great lineup. I feel like he shouldn't come up and hit eight. I, I'd agree with that. They might do that the first couple of times, sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Creep up a little bit. I mean, Dylan Moore is having a terrible season. Absolutely. Taylor Trammell is having a terrible season. Sam Haggerty's had his moments. It's not like, you know, you know, it, it's it's funny because it is a little incongruous for me to be screaming about why aren't you calling him up? Why aren't you calling him up? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't think he's a fourth round player for right now. I mean, the thing right. is, it's the replacement, what what he's replacing is really easy to replace, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it should happen really soon here. It's just a question of who sits and how they make room. I mean, Julio, you know, Julio Rodriguez could get the call later this year too if he continues. If he rakes at like high A and they move him to AAA quickly, which could happen. I think Rodriguez more than Kalnick needs the team to be successful. I think mm -hmm. Kalnick was like Kalnick was Kalnick should have been on the roster opening day. And let's be honest, right. like if he if he had if he had decided to do a Luis Robert style long term contract during spring training. He would have been on the roster opening day. Um, I yeah, think those were all low ball offers. That's just to totally, totally. Oh no, yeah. I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying, like right. he, like, like the the thought that he needed these six weeks or whatever in the like to develop is is a farce. Um, so he was coming up no matter what. Rodriguez, I think I could see them, like, it, like if they're competitive in August, maybe he comes up. And it's that whole thing where you're adding someone to make a split. You're adding prospects to make. I've seen the Blue Jays do this before where you're like, hey, we didn't trade for anyone great at the deadline, but we added someone who's like trading for someone great at the deadline. Like we just added a great piece to our lineup and you right. get the fans that way. If they're out of the race, I could see Rodriguez being all the way till next, like this time next year, like late April, early May next year. Right. Kind of like the White Sox with Eloy and yeah. uh, Luis Robert, where, okay, yes. why? what's the point of a September call-up? I could, I, I I could see, see them pulling that. Yeah. yeah, there's no point. If if the Mariners are where a lot of people assume the Mariners will be, like if they're at the, you know, below 500 at that point in the season, I don't see any point in doing that. The fans will be annoyed, but whatever, this time next year, you'll bring them up and they'll be fine. And, and I mean, they have Hanniger and they have Kyle Lewis, so and now they have Kelnick. So if those guys are healthy, they do have three interesting guys in the outfield. But but yeah, Rod, if, they're, if they're competing, like this is a way, Rodriguez, I think, could be up in August or something like that. Let me give you some pitchers. So because it's not always okay. hitters for pitchers. If you're trying to trade trade for Kelnick, maybe like in your case, Tim Tim McLeod needs a starting pitcher. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't have your roster in front of you. So I have Zach Gallon. How about that? What Would do you, you offer Zach Gallon? I think no. I think Zach Gallon's just a little bit higher than. I think I just got to go a little below that. Unfortunately, on my team, well, I have Carlos Rodon. That would be interesting. Like you can't pitch much better than Carlos Rodon's pitched this year. Yeah. So 
maybe I should trade Zach Gallon actually and keep Carlos Rodon. The more I think about it, well, <laughs> that, and, uh, you're yeah. more, he's more likely to accept Gallon than he is Rodon. I would think. I would think huh? so. It, it's probably just your stance on buying all in on Rodon. I think Gallon hasn't moved much. Like, like Gallon's pitched fine so far. Yeah. He he missed a couple weeks. He's pitched fine. His injury wasn't like a ligament in his elbow or something. Like, I think Gallon's fine now. I, I drafted him around the three four turn, and all the drafts he's going around the three four turn. I'm assuming we still value him if we were drafting again somewhere in that range, round four, something like that. Rodon is like all over the map. Like, you could have people who fully buy what Rodon's doing and think he's a he's better than Zach Gallon. He should, and right. you know, he's a top 10, 12 starter. I think that people will say, "Come on, it's five starts." Here, let me throw you some other names. This is the ultimate buy low. Luis Castillo. Drafted in the second round, but performing like a reserve pick right now. Uh, but I'll take Kalnick. Yeah, I think you probably. Yeah. I, 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 I want a bigger a discount scary. on Castillo. Yeah. Kenta Maeda. Yeah. So I have Maeda, and I would trade Maeda for Kalnick, partially because I also have Rodon, Gallon, and Woodruff. So. Mm. It makes sense to trade Maeda, but I don't think I can get Kalnick for Maeda, do you? I don't think you can either. What about not, Blake like, Snell? Not while that ERA starts with a five. Yeah, and, and Maeda's had one year like that, too. I think that's the other yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, some some other solid years like Maeda. Like he said, like his first year at the Dodgers, 348 ERA, 114 whip, 179 strikeouts. Like it's a pretty good year, but yeah, I know what you mean. I think... I just think I'm not I'm not getting the most hype prospect in baseball who just got called up unless I give a pitcher who's pitching better a lot better than Maeda. Yeah. How about uh, Lance Lynn? Well, that feels fair. It feels very fair. I it would probably be totally team structure. I would rather ha- I would go Lynn. Like unless unless I was really flush with pitching. I think I would Jose rather Barrios. have Lynn. Now you're in my wheelhouse. I'm not a huge Barrios guy. Now you're in my wheelhouse. I'll go. Mm. Um, I'm not I'll, a big Barrios guy either. I would trade no, Barrios in a name. That, that's right at my wheelhouse. Like if I, so if I had extra pitching, if pitching was my strength and I wanted Kalnick, that like that, I think that's, I'm a little lower on Barrios than I am Lynn Gallon, and probably even Rodon just cause Rodon, like, I don't know what Rodon's going to be from this point forward, but like he's been incredible, and the secondary statistics are incredible too. Like he's not just incredible ERA WHIP; like everything looks great. So I like I'd have to, but Rodon really interests me because he's kind of could be all or nothing the rest of the way, and so could mm-hmm. Kelnick. Kelnick could hit two thirty, right. and just we're like, oh, this kid wasn't ready after all. Oh, shucks, but we were wrong. But or the Mariners were right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't hit lefties at all. Yeah, so look like, at the defense. Be, oh my yeah. gosh, burns my eyes. No, yeah, no. like a high end Kelnick, the, like the high end on him is like a second round pick or something. The rest of the way, but the low end is yeah. You're like, oh, he's he can't like he he he's not as good as we thought. He's not as ready as we thought, and he's barely playable or something. So so he him and Rodon are an interesting comparison to me for different reasons. But Rodon could be anything from your staff ace the rest of the way to you're not even sure at some point later in the season if you want to use him or not because maybe he wears down or something. Yeah. Uh, one last one, and then we'll move on. Uh, Zach Plesac. I trade Plesac for. Him. Yeah, I also yeah. probably I don't I mean I this is now I'm going thir- you know, thoroughly into hyper hypo, uh, hypothetical land because I don't have him anywhere. So how about Zach Cranky? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. 
I, I, the fact that I said that so readily, it, it kind of scares me. But I don't know. Granky kind of scares me. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's got a 130 whip. I, that bothers me more than the ERA, to be honest with you. Um, it just it, when the weather heats up, he might be awesome. But 35 Ks in 44 innings mm-hmm. and today's hyper Low strikeout ceiling. land. That's yep. it's a low ceiling with Granky. I like I'm not a, I'm not down down on him, but. Like just with his age and the low strikeouts, like it's a low yeah. ceiling. You really need him to be picking up wins, which is our fickle. Like if you, the, his start Sunday, I think it was Sunday against the Blue Jays was really disappointing. Like he had the four shutout innings and then he couldn't get anyone out in the fifth inning and he had a seven, nothing lead. And like that one was frustrating. And I, I yeah, I think though, the, the thing, if you're, if you're going to get, if someone's been holding Kelnick and you're going to get him away from them, you're probably going to have to trade that owner, someone who's playing well right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't think a Luis Castillo, a Kenta Maeda, all these guys who, Granky, like who were who have seen their value diminish a bit. I, it's going to be hard to do a buy low unless it's a real low. Like you could trade Lindor for him. So who started to come around a little bit, but you could trade like a Lindor, like a, like that, that level, a second round type player who's off to a slow start. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know about the other guys. Yeah. I know Castillo is also a second round player is off to a slow start, but I don't know. Wait for him to fail in course this week and then trade for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. All right. Before we move on from uh, Kelnick cast, a uh, quick note from our sponsors. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. 
Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Those of you watching on video, you didn't have to hear from those sponsors, but those of you listening to the podcast, thank you for listening to them. Uh, we will have more sponsorship opportunities later on in the podcast. But uh, and, and a quick note, we don't have a live read from them just yet, but I want to thank our friends at WinBet. They've signed on to sponsor our MLB podcast immediately. So uh, go check out WinBet when you're looking for odds on games to bet. Uh, you're clicking the bet online and you, you are in a state that allows that. But uh, WinBet, thank you, WinBet, for sponsoring us. Um, okay, Kelnick cast, we, we discussed that. There's other big news. Other players in baseball exist. Uh, Jacob DeGrom went to the IL. He's, he's kind of important. You know, just the first overall pick in uh, the NFC mains, according to ADP. Uh, interesting note on him that came out today. You know, he got placed on the IL after initially saying, oh, he might not need to go on the IL. It's still possible then today that, okay, we're going to put him on the IL anyhow. And Luis Rojas was saying something to the fact that the imaging didn't show anything, but – uh, they wanted to make sure he didn't mess around with his mechanics as he was recovering from this injury to his side. I'm not too worried about Degrom. Um, the question I posed to you in warming up for this podcast is: if you like, if you were drafting today, would you still take him over Cole and Bieber? Uh, no, I would not. Yeah, because this is the second starter. Uh, one start he's missed. He's going to miss another one. I mean, why, I, I, you're introducing a little risk to the equation. And Cole and Bieber have been pretty darn awesome in their own respect. Uh, Bieber yeah. kind of struggled a little bit against the Royals last time out, but that's his struggle. You know, when that's his struggle, you, I mean, you're fine. Yeah. I think, I think no, I think I take both of those over him. Yeah, Bieber gets you so many strikeouts, and uh, and Cole, like Cole, has a 66 to three strikeout to walk right now. Like, and he's high, and he's fully Is that healthy. Good? Yeah, not bad. And he's fully healthy and his team is is better than the Mets. Like probably I would say the Yankees are going to start rolling now at some point and they're starting to roll already and come out of that early season funk. So, yeah, I think it's funny in draft season, DeGrom at the beginning of draft season, DeGrom was kind of in the middle of the first round and then he started throwing 100 in spring training and he moved up to the point where he's getting picked in the top three of every draft. And now I think with this little side issue, he's kind of back now. I mean, he's back now with with. Cole and Bieber. I wouldn't argue with anyone who wanted to take DeGrom and thought he would just move past this, but there is that chance that, uh, you know, that this, you know, holds him out longer than we think, or it comes back at some point in three weeks or in two months or something like that. And uh, the Mets aren't the greatest at handling injuries. Yeah. I'm going to revise my answer, by the way. Okay. Cole, I take Cole over DeGrom now, not okay. Bieber. Not Bieber. Team context is a little bit of the walks, uh, a little bit of the team context. Okay. He gives up, gives up a few more homers, also. Yeah. Now, when he get when he does give one up. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's it. That's the list. I'm, you yep. know, Tyler Glass now has been great. You know, Rodon's been great. Bauer's been great. Scherzer was really awesome last time out. But 
I mean, DeGrom, when he's on, is just so, so special. So it's only Cole that I would take over DeGrom now. Yeah, and I think if you took DeGrom, I have DeGrom in one league. Um, if you took DeGrom, like, I'm not panicking, and I'm not really regretting that choice. I took him second overall. Maybe if I knew what I knew, knew then what I know now, I would take Cole. Um, but I did, But I'm not regretting that pick, and I, I feel like when the season's done, there's still a great chance that DeGrom's a top 10 player. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so that, that's the way I feel about that. I'm, so I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't, you're not going to get a full value for him in trade. So I probably wouldn't even look mm-hmm. to trade because no. of this. I'm, I, I, I would, if I would try to trade for him, yep. uh, you never know. I mean, and I, I would offer quite a bit, but, uh, like Joel, uh, so Joel Hornard asked thoughts on Nola. I know Nola didn't have a great start last time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd offer up Nola for uh, him. I don't think that's what he's asking though. He's just asking general thoughts on Nola. Uh, what do you think about fine human being? Nice to pets. Uh, good pitcher. Good I think Noel is totally good. Like he's a he's a yeah. like a mid mid level ace. Like like I think there's still a big gap after the big three, and he's in that next tier. Like Castillo's dropped out of that tier, and Scherzer's still in it, and and you know I think Bauer's still in it, and and I think Noel is in it. And I'd trade anyone from like for example, I know that's what I also know that wasn't what he was asking, but I would trade anyone in that tier for DeGrom. I may not yeah. trade my Bieber for DeGrom. I may just not mess with my team to that degree, like you were talking about earlier, but um, anyone else, any other pitcher, I would. Right. Uh, yeah. And Nola is only two starts removed from his uh, a 10 strikeout game. Uh, there's nothing wrong with his velocity. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I have no, no qualms with Nola. Just Atlanta got him. Um, that happens. And their version of getting him is he put up five runs against him. So not, not worried about Noel at all. Yeah. Um, and Atlanta is a good lineup. And uh, like, I think one of the best in the national league and yeah, Noel has been one of the most, cons- he's had a couple of high whip seasons, but generally like really consistent whip, whip under 1.1 ERA in the low threes. Like he's really consistent ace on a solid team, not an amazing team, but a team where he could win 15 games or so. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah. Happy warm thoughts about him. Corbin sure. Burns coming back on Thursday. I mean, we're and for a while we might have been talking about Corbin Burns in the same stratosphere here. Uh, I know some people have talked about him, like equal to Bieber or something like that. Coming back from uh, COVID, uh, he's going to make that start on Thursday. It might be abbreviated because he's been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, I know there's some speculation maybe that this was a okay manage his innings trip, but I don't think so. But no, I, have no I, way of, I have no way of affirming or denying. Really, I just don't suspect that. I agree. I. I think this is all on the up and up and uh, I'm, I'd have absolutely no hesitation of putting him right back into my lineup, even if it ends up being a short start, which it may not, but even if it was a four inning start, whatever I'll take for him, you might get eight K's, seven K's in the four innings. Um, I'll take it. So uh, yeah, and I, I'm not even worried about rust or anything like there's, he looks great so far this year. I'm not worried that he's and he was, and he was great last year. This isn't like Rodon for me where I'm worried, I'm not worried about what will happen with Rodon, but I'm curious. That's for sure. I think Burns is just really, really good. He's probably not as good as he's been so far, but I think he's really, really good. I would, pick, if we were redrafting today, I would draft him very, very high. Yeah, um, second tier. I, I, I draft him in the Nola tier with those other guys. I'd agree. Yeah. I'd right, I do it. I put him right up there with Bauer and Nola. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm yeah, there. Second round, second round type pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, a, and we talked about this with Genstad uh, on Sunday and on the radio show with Liss uh, that. That second tier of pitching, aside from Castillo, and if you want to dip all the way down to Snell, maybe Giolito has been a little disappointed, but that second tier of pitching has been pretty damn good. 
That's right. Which, which makes it for those who have Castillo, like, I feel like even more disheartening because, you know, you can't even look around and say, well, well, everybody's dealing with this. You know, everybody's ACE is struggling. Everybody's high end number two is struggling. Like, like, no, they're not like your, yours is, uh, but most people are getting great ratios and plenty of strikeouts from there. So I think that makes it, they, that makes it even like even more of a punishment for those who are dealing with Castillo, which I am in one league. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, big breaking news. I'm even going to post it in the tw- in the chat here of the live stream. Uh, AJ Casavelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Casavell uh, covers uh, the Padres for MLB.com. Reports Fernando Tatis, Jerickson Profar, and Jorge Mateo have been placed on the IL due to health and safety protocols. Padres just announced. Huge. Huge news there. Uh, and, and again, this could be one day. It could be 14 days. We just dealt with this Corbin Burns. People are suspecting, oh, maybe they just want to get another arm up. He'd still make a start. Or it's he's out two weeks. I mean, we, we just don't know. Yeah, because it's three of them all at the same time, if I had to, if I had to speculate, I would speculate that, yeah, either it's a COVID situation and they're out, like you said, for a week or more, or it's that, uh, you know, the Padres got a round of vaccines and these three guys aren't feeling great today. So they're out for a couple of days. We won't know. We'll know in, we'll know in about two days. Uh, this is where are the Padres right now. Oh, I just put it all together. Are they, they're in cores right now, right? They are in cores. So if you're a Tatis owner, like me and Tow Wars, you're going to lose out on maybe the whole Coors series for him. The only good news is there's other Coors Field series for the Padres. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. still, it's, that's it's still, nice. still, I mean, and it could be anything from a day. So I'm going to cross my fingers that he's just not feeling great today. Tomorrow he's back and he's playing and he hits two home runs at Coors Field. But that's a, if you're going to lose him for a couple of days, this is the last time you'd want it to happen. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so if you're, you've got an NFBC team, you've got a couple in that environment. They didn't yeah. play yesterday because they got rained out. Yeah. So you can still make a switch. Are you switching Tatis out for Tuesday through Thursday? Yeah, I think so. Assuming I have someone on my bench, obviously. But if you have someone on your bench in NFBC who's healthy, then yeah, I think I would. What about you? Mm. I, I know. I think with I Tatis, I, I I think with oh, you don't have Mateo, but if you have Profar, sure. Profar's out. Easy, yeah. easy swap out. Tatis. Yeah. It would take a pretty like high barrier, like a guy that I know was going to play all three days, to to do that. Right. And even then, ugh. well, so, like, let's and, just if it's say, Andrelton Simmons, no, I wouldn't okay. do it. I was just I was just about to use him. I was going to use I was <laughs> going to say him, uh, Miguel Rojas. Uh, there's a bunch of those guys all around the same level. So you would leave all who are kind of like just barely in your lineup on your bench. Freddie Galvis. Um, any of those, I know Freddie Galvis played last night, so he, but that level yeah. of guy, those are typically the guys who on an NFBC team are your best bench bat. So if you had those guys, you would just ride Tatis. Yeah, because what if he comes back from the doubleheader too. tomorrow? I mean, yeah, no, I think I might too and just take the zeros. What are the odds? It's possible, but what are the odds that Simmons or Galvis or Rojas get you a homer or a steal? Never Not tell me good. the odds. They're got, yeah. They just got better. 
by the way, just because you asked that question. I know. Uh, yeah. Galvis is your favorite, like late middle. He too, is. So I just um, picked him. I just picked him up in the main event okay. on Sunday. So, and I told Jeff Zimmerman after we grabbed him for like ten bucks. It wasn't like I was targeting him, but I said you are going to have a hard time getting me to let go of Galvis at this point. I picked him up early in the year, and then he was sick or minor. He's minorly injured for a couple of days. And I had to let him go, but I said you're going to have a hard time getting getting me to let him go this time. You cannot pry him from my cold, no. dead hands. <laughs> no. That's what it'll take. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that that's pretty big, huge news there. So hopefully yeah. it's just a very short-term thing. It's like a contact trace or something like that. Uh, other news, uh, COVID-related news. It's, it's now COVID cast. We did Kelnick cast, now it's COVID cast. Uh, Yankees have five coaches that are positive. Um, that's from Marley Rivera. I was just uh, tweeting that out. Least At least five Yankees coaches. I mean, is that – with the big team, or is that with, you know, is that in the minor among the minor league facilities? I, I would don't know say, the details. I would, say it's with, I would say it's with the Yankees. If now that the minor league season started, I'd say if you say Yankees coaches, I'm thinking they're not AAA coaches; they're Yankees coaches. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I fear too. So, but no players so far, I guess. So far, I mean, usually with one comes the next. I mean, yeah. remember it was like a member of the Nats traveling party, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're going to shut down the weekend. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just be aware. So Yankees yep. are in Tampa right now. So yep. that is actually the Yankees train in Tampa. So that might open up the door to being someone else too. That's, that's possible, but, right. uh, and yeah, that's tough. Uh, you know, keep an eye out to see if there's anybody significant, not in the lineup tonight, that might give us a little bit of a clue to anybody that normally would start for the Yankees. If it gets to that, get, get to that point, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, what a mess. Yeah, I, I've seen the Yankees lineup for tonight, and I'm pretty sure I saw it already. And I think it looked normal. I didn't notice anything because Luke Voigt's back tonight, so I did notice that. Um, but I didn't. I notice think they anything. pulled it though. I mean, at least oh, on our side. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. Um, just. But yeah, yeah I did. Your, yeah. 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 At least on we on RotoWire right now, as I look at our daily lineups page, it is an expected lineup, not a confirmed lineup. Now, okay. That might change. Uh, but Void is expected to be back and batting fourth. Uh, I, I do have him in TGFBI. I did activate him. Uh, looking forward to having that back. So uh, we'll see. Uh, how's your TGFBI team doing? I don't ha- actually. I don't have a TGFBI. You don't team. have one. Dumb question. No. Yeah, I always so. know the answer to the questions that you're about to ask. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have one. But if I did, I'm sure it would be going okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just terrible. Terrible interviewing skills there. Horrible. <laughs> don't. Second worst thing I did today. First worst was like scheduling this during uh, construction in my house. But I've only heard it a couple of times. It's been yeah, it was much worse during the golf cast than it was uh, okay. now. So and golfers, you know, I'm they, on that they, word. and golfers are used to quiet in the background. So exactly, really yeah. yeah, it was really noticeable for sure. Yeah, um, got a couple of user questions. I want to jump in on them right now. We'll, we'll get back to some of our show notes. But John Campbell asks, "Where's Max Scherzer getting traded to? Just pulled off a trade for him, hoping for a better situation that, uh, than the Nats." Why wouldn't the Yankees pull the trigger? Well, you know, it takes two to tangle, first of all. Um, and you rarely do does a trade of that scale happen that early. Um, and so that that's also a good question. Uh, but is Max going to get traded by the deadline? Are the Nats that bad? Or do you, I, I think some of it is like, this is a proud team that's come back from worse to win the World Series. So I think it's probably going to be a while before they trade him. Oh, absolutely. And there's a good backstory with this because I got destroyed on Twitter about two weeks ago for saying 
that where is Max Scherzer going to get traded at the end of July? And then Nats fans picked up on that. And I must have had 75 responses saying, do you not remember 19 and 31? And then we won the World <laughs> Series and all these things. And I was like, whoa, 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 like back up guys, like 19 and 31, you won the World Series. Totally awesome. The reason you're bringing it up is that it's remarkable and it's probably not going to happen again. And I, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I think that if, if the Nats fall out of the race, then Scherzer, would I think it would make a lot of sense that the Nats don't have a great farm system right now. Like they shelled out right for some of the, for these contending years. Yeah. Uh, I would think it would make a lot of sense. They could even look at bringing Scherzer back in the off season if they wanted to. But uh, I, I think trading him would make a lot of sense to a contending team. I mean, the Yankees will be in the hunt for every player who's available, but um, I don't know if it'd be good for his fantasy value. Uh, the Nats aren't a bad team and they're in the national league. Like if, I'd rather mm-hmm. leave Scherzer in the NL if possible. And I, if he, my general theory on guys who are rolling is if they're rolling, I'd rather have them just stay where they are, stay with the same catcher, stay with the same pitching coach. Let's just not change anything. So I have Scherzer in the main event and I would rather he just stays with the Nats and the Nats are competitive all season. I think that would be the best thing for his fantasy value, but you know, uh, he's such a good player. If he gets traded, he'll probably still be really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I and I, it, like, like we said, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's too early to kind of extrapolate the, the Nats' slow start into them being sellers. And in fact, I mean, they are thirteen and seventeen, but that, that's only four games under five hundred. Maybe he was just uh, trying to get you in trouble again, too. I'm just I don't thanks. think that. Uh, I will say, thanks, I do, the reason the reason I sent it the tweet is I don't think the Nats are very good, and I do think they will fall out of the race, and I do think that he will be a popular name on the trade market because he's someone who could be your ace in the playoffs if he's if he's healthy like mm-hmm. he's still through that and he could someone who could be your ace in the playoffs so i could see a team like like you know uh, whether it's the yankees or like maybe boston boston's off to a great start and has a great lineup and we'll get chris sale back at some point this year and maybe boston grabs a rental scherzer and tries to make a run i don't know but there, there's teams out there who who i'm sure would love to have them so um you know but but like i said for fantasy value if he's rolling with like he is right now still at the end of july i'd rather probably have him just stay put yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, another big story that emerged, uh, and it's not really a fantasy note, but I think we should address it anyhow, and that's the Oakland A's. Uh, MLB came out and said, it said they're advising the A's to look for other alternatives if the uh, the latest ballpark proposal doesn't get approved by the city council, which is in downtown Oakland on the West Bay. Uh, I think it's West Bay. Uh, it's near the shipping area. I, there was a good article I read about a week ago Um that uh, talked about all the various nuances of this issue. I'll see if I can find it here, but um, it was, it was, it really dug into like the whole history of them trying to find a new place to build. I mean, for like 15, 20 years, they've been trying to find a place to build, but you know, it's also, you know, it, it, you know, they're also asking for a lot from the city and there's some other consequences to them building there. Yeah. So this, this feels like, like Jeff Passan released it. My initial thought was this feels yep. like posturing like from the team or the league being like, Hey Jeff, you want to break this yep. story? It'll get lots of clicks. And like, we need a big guy like you to break it. Um, so to me, it feels like posturing. So I'm, I don't live in Oakland, so I'm not going to go too far with it yet, but I will say that on a non fantasy slant, I really hope the A's stay in Oakland. Um, Same. cause I feel like there's just a really cool history there. Um, you know, like just a lot of like, like I grew up with, with the Bash brothers and, and that whole era. And I, but there's a lot of history, even like obviously long before 
before I was watching a lot of baseball and I just, I, I hope they stay. I feel totally different by the way about the Rays. If major league baseball ever wanted to move the Rays, I like, I would kind of shrug my shoulders. Like they, I've watched the blue Jays play a lot of games in Tampa. Like that place is, is morbid, the stadium and, and usually empty. And like, if they wanted to bring them to a more energetic fan base, I would actually be okay with that. And I'd love to get another baseball team in Canada again, but I wouldn't want it to be the A's. I I don't want it to be the A's. I want them to stay in Oakland. I think, I think that's good for baseball. I like that franchise. Yeah. uh, I'm with you on that. I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, Although it's not that I have anything against Tampa. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the team. I don't think it's the city's fault that they're not, I think it's a horrible location. Everything I've read, and of course, it's a, it's a pretty bad ballpark, uh, ballpark, mm-hmm. um, and all that. And I get it. And I, I just, I don't. I hate seeing billionaires get uh, the, this largesse from cities, yeah. uh, you know, taxpayers and all that. So that's why I'm kind of anti that. Here's the article. It's from Oakland side. I'm going to post this one in the chat too. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a really good in, uh, story about like ba- uh, basically all the issues facing it there. So. Read through when you get a chance. Um, I think people uh, would would learn a lot from that one there. But uh, anywho, I just thought I'd throw that one out there. Um, Let's hit a couple of injury notes, uh, and then we'll talk about what happened last night. Uh, Another surprising demotion. Maybe some other prospects we should look at. Uh, But first, before we do any of that, quick note from our other sponsor, Vivid Seats. The world is coming back, and the NFL season will be upon us. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped for the regular season schedule release on May 12th. If you're like me and you're looking to see the action live, then head over, head on over to Vivid Seats, the ultimate go-to source for live events. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and comedy shows, Vivid Seats makes it easy for you to discover your favorite event, find your seat, gain entry, and make new memories. Just download the app, choose your city, and get access to the largest selection of tickets on the games and performances you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, and more. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners 10% of your ticket up to $30 max. Just use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you check out. Every purchase is backed by its 100% buyer guarantee, and you'll earn even more cash and you'll even earn cash back with the Vivid Seats rewards program. Vivid Seats, getting you into the game. All right, thanks to Vivid Seats uh, for uh, the, the sponsorship. Also, thanks to you, WinBets, for sponsoring us as well. C.J. Crone was a guy I said at one point the uh, men in the 12-team online championship, and then I was regretting it for about two weeks, and he kind of started heating up. Yep. And then this weekend, he got the back issue. Now he goes on the IL for what should be a seven-game series at Coors Field this week. <sighs> really frustrating. I mean, you have to kind of expect, I guess, if you're if your Rockies end up on the IL, that they'll miss some home games. But him going on the IL right before the first home game of the series is – that's a tough one, but any any what you're right. He had started. He had come alive. His, his I forget what his OPS exactly was. I think it was in the 800s. It, it like totally fine. So I think he's like for actionable fantasy advice. I think he's someone who I'm looking to hold pretty much everywhere. It's just really annoying that you're losing him for yep. for this homestand. Yep, absolutely. I was able to swap him out yes uh, yesterday when he was uh, getting scratched. You know, when when well, I, I mean, I was able to swap him out on Friday in one of my two leagues where I had him, uh, and then but not in my NL only. And then I, I, obviously I benched him for this week because you know I, I wasn't going to introduce Aaron until he actually was in a lineup. He's not in, and that's a bummer. Are you like going after Fuentes or any of the other uh, possible guys that could, you know Matt Adams? Are you going after at all? Matt Adams would be an interesting one. So I, I, di- I haven't. 
Um, I think because, well, I couldn't Yahoo friends and family maybe pick up Matt Adams. Um, may, I want to see the lineup tonight, which I just looked for and I haven't seen it yet. Um, not I if I can I beat you to it. Yeah. I might be doing it while we talk. Go here. for it. You can go for it because I'm not that excited about it. But I'm not, I'm not going either. after Fuentes. Um, he has had no control over the strike zone this year. Um, in all the weekly leagues, though, you you miss the homestand. So uh, I know they have they do have some more home games in May after this week, obviously, and and like some coming up. Like May's a heavy home month for them, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I could see Matt Adams hitting two home runs this week and then everyone chasing him on Sunday night fab. And then they're on the road next week and he doesn't do it. Right. I can it's totally too see that happening. Late. Too yeah. late. I actually already have Hosmer and Santana at first base. So it'd be hard for okay. me to fit him in. Um, believe it or not, I actually have like a full roster of hitters today. Nice. Uh, assuming judge plays. That's the one thing I'm not quite sure about yet, but I'll, I'm still waiting for a lineup on that. I don't think, and I don't think Joey Wendell's playing today, which is a bummer. So the, that was because the Yankees have Montgomery okay. going. That's why. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that is, that's kind of super annoying. Uh, we do have a Yankees lineup now. Um, it goes LeMahieu, Stanton, Judge, Urshela. I think they were waiting on Urshela to see if he could play actually. Right. Because he missed uh, the weekend. Voight, Torres, Hicks, Sanchez, Gardner. So no Clint Fraser. Yay. I got that one so wrong. Yay. <laughs> Anyways. Including in labor, uh, so that that one that one I'll take an L on. Uh, Clint uh, Fraser there, uh, something like that. <laughs> totally, yeah. Nothing yeah, else I, to well, say on that one. Analysis, no. no. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't work out well. And hey, he's out of the lineup, so at least you're not tempted to use him. Right. Uh, also out of the lineup today, Javi Baez. He's been battling a back yes. issue, and you know. He's still striking out a ton, but he gives you every all the other category juice, so it's been worth the trade off. But not in now. This is like four days in a row, I think. Now he's, he's in missed. the lineup, isn't he? He's in the lineup. No, today, he was in, and then they uh, took him out. He's in, and then they took him out. So okay, so I had seen the original lineup, and I thought he was in, and I yeah. believe he was in. They're in an AL park right now, right? And he's in it, but he was in at shortstop. If I, yeah, if they're I, at I, Cleveland. They're yeah, they're at, at Cleveland. Cleveland. There you go. So they could have DH'd him today. But they yep. had him in originally, I believe, at shortstop, and I was like, "Oh, that's really encouraging." Like they they don't even need to DH him; he must be fine. But now he, now you're saying he's out of the lineup. They just yeah. realized him. In his place is Eric Sobad. I mean Sogard. Uh, right. So you know that that's kind of a drop off there. Um, yeah. So uh, I I'm kind of scrambling to see if I can replace him uh, where I have him. I mm-hmm. I do have him in uh, one of my online championships. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I thought I did at least. Maybe I have him. In, no, I have him in labor. Yay! Can't change it now. Can't change it now. Too late. Yep. Y'all, hopefully he'll be back. If, if, he, if he was scratched today, hopefully hopefully he's like a day or two away and it's not one of those like we scratched him and we're just going to put him on the IL now. Yeah. Because they do. Because uh, with them in an AL park, they do need bats this week. Maybe he's available off the bench. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, that, would, that would be nice if it were just a limited engagement sort of thing there. But, uh, you know, it, you know these day-to-day things are worse. Than, sometimes you're like, just, just put them on. So, you know, I can replace them. I know better. Frustrating, mm-hmm. but then again, yeah. if he come if he comes back in two days, I'll be like, "Why did you think about putting him on the IL?" So yeah. well, I'm, it's such yeah. a hypocrite. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're talking to a guy whose favorite team spent a massive amount of money on George Springer, left him on the IL, brought him back for four games, I think it was, and now he's back on the IL for almost a month. And I'm th- and everyone's thinking, "Why did you bring him back when he wasn't ready?" At least he hit two homers. That's he better did. than Chris he did. He basically won them one game by himself. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, you know, it, it's better than Christian Yelich. That's all I'll say. Yeah, uh, for sure. Eric for Lee sure. asks on Twitter, uh, is Christian is Brandon Belt for real? Uh, he, he's actually available in one of his NFBC leagues, which it, it would be an upgrade over Tommy Pham or Justin Upton. Uh, what say you? I dropped Justin Upton for Brandon Belt. I think he's real enough. Like, yeah, like last year, he, like, like last year, like one of the least discussed probably stats from last year is he had a 1000 OPS last year and he played like 51 mm-hmm. games, like a thousand and fifteen was his OPS last year. I didn't hear many people going in. I think it's cause he had the off season surgeries and everyone was, was kind of steering away from him. Like, like you would think someone who had a 1000 OPS and play, like I know it was a short season, like would have had more draft buds, but you could get him in like round 25, 30 almost. So um, yeah. yeah, I would, I would drop Justin Upton for him. I think he's, real enough like i i think he's gonna hit for he's striking out enough that he's gonna hit for a low average uh maybe a little higher than this 229 right now but maybe more like 240 but i think the power is fairly real what about you i'm almost more inclined to drop uh, to drop fam than i am upton but um i know they're that i'm trying to resist endowment effect mm-hmm. upton's still not hitting for average um mm-hmm. but yeah, okay, he's not as good as I thought he was. Seven homers, and that's what stood out to me. Okay, he's get the power back, but still hitting 216. He does have a stolen base, but it's only that one stolen base. I think it was like last night or something, too. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I thought he might have been doing a little bit better than he was. So, eh, I can you know, like, I like, yeah, like Fam's been awful. I Like, I totally acknowledge that. His Babbitt's been low. His strikeout and his walk rate are both pretty much the same as is normal in his career. I don't think he's 100% at all yet but just i just feel like there's just enough upside and steals are scarce enough that i need to keep fam right now i I think he's we talked about that with ian happ about a week ago right like like where's Mm -hmm. the line of guys you drop i think fam is still in that group of guys he was even drafted usually earlier than Hap, where i just couldn't cut him yet i i I, i'm with you on that i I think i think that makes sense um and he can steal. I think that's the other thing. He's just yeah. going to run. I know Upton has the one, but Fam can get you ten stolen bases, and that that's pretty uh, yeah. that's pretty hard to replicate here. You had a couple of cl- closer notes from yesterday. Uh, Stephen Crichton uh, is he the Arizona closer? I think he is. I think he should yeah, be he rostered in more in more places than he than he has been. Yep, hundred uh, percent agree. And I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Soria has melted away. He's not even that good. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear that Crichton's the guy. Is uh, is Crichton the guy enough for you that if you were holding any other Arizona reliever, you would drop him? Yeah, because they all stink. Yeah, I think so too. Yes, I think that's part of the equation too, is there's no great setup man who you're like, well, you know what? I can just use him for a week here and there and just take the ratios. Like I would, if I was holding Ginkle, if I was holding Soria, I would drop any of them and just roll Crichton. And, and if Crichton blows a couple saves and you can go back and try to pick someone up, but I, yeah, I'm not, Crichton's not in the level anymore where I'm like, okay, we better, he could lose his job anytime here. We better have someone yeah. ready. I mean, let's face it. Crichton's got a 168 whip in his own right. I mean, he's not yep. what we kids would call good, but he's, he's just not as bad as everybody else in that bullpen, uh, four saves so far. Uh, I thought he had like six, but I guess it's only four. Um, yeah, I, I, the other guy you were asking about Jake McGee, I, I trust McGee more than I would, uh, uh, than I would Crichton, yeah. but yeah. Uh, at the, nonetheless, I still think that, yeah, I, I think Crichton's the guy Mal McGee, he, he gets sometimes on Friday. He got the, he was really kind of struggling with his location and, 
got strike three against Hassan Kim on just a really hideous call, but hey, it happened for my team, so I'll take it. Um, that's the way this whole thing works. Uh, he has given up three homers, 480 RA, uh, but then you look 22 to 4K to walk in 15 innings. Mm-hmm. They're still using him as the closer. I know some buzz about Tyler Rogers maybe sneaking a save or two in because Rogers has been great. Uh, he also has 10 holes. If you're in a solds league, that that's that's pretty money yep. to get that. Absolutely. But, and in fact, that that's that bodes better success in the long run. But only 10 strikeouts in 20.2 innings. That, I know he's only all, also he's only walked uh what two guys so far, four guys so far. That I like, but yep. uh, I just I, I need a few more strikeouts, I think. Yeah, Rogers isn't your typical closer, like as far as stuff goes. Um, I like, but but Gabe Kapler mentioned him, and he's and you're right, he's clearly their setup guy. Yeah. Maybe as clear as any setup guy in the league. Like he's he's getting almost all of their holds, um, and he's got a couple saves. If Jake McGee blows a save or two, I think Rogers is in. Um, I think they're both those like pretty short leash type closers, but uh, you know, I like I think both of those guys are, are solidly the guy right now. Yeah. Speaking of closers, got a question uh, from a soccer buddy of mine, Kurt Lamont, uh, asks, you think Trevor May will be the Mets closer sooner than later? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, May is good. He's a nice signee, but yep. they, they they paid Jared Kilnick prices for D- Edwin Diaz. Hmm. Diaz is fine, too. He's got a 119 whip, three, 314 RA. The FIP is 205, 18 to 5K to walk. I don't see any reason why he's going to get displaced as the closer. May will be the guy. If, if something happens to Diaz, yeah, May would be the guy. He's the next best guy. He might even be better, but I think they like May in the role they got him in. Yeah, it, it's all about Diaz's back, right? Like he had yeah. that one night where his back was acting up and he had to come out of the save chance. I mean, Diaz has had two bad outings this year. Both of those outings were in non-save situations. They make his ratios look a little worse than what he's actually been because when he's had to get saves he's been perfect um i yeah it's all about it, diaz is back did act up a couple of weeks ago what was that it was may actually not that long ago may 2nd was the outing where where he had to leave um at that point i kind of had may on my radar so i'll mm-hmm. keep him kind of on my radar um i do think there's a decent chance they would go to may i saw some mets reporters say maybe it would be juris familia or someone like that or a committee so that they could kind of opt still optimize the use of may in in the seventh and eighth innings which i totally get so but I, I, if if Diaz had another issue with his back, I would go straight to waivers and try to grab May. But um, it, it's just that situation. If if there's nothing wrong with his back, Diaz is fine. I, I'd agree with that. Uh, let's talk about last night. Kyle Gibson. Do you believe Fred? I mean, in the historical guy, Kyle Gibson, sure, the living being, Kyle Gibson. But do you believe that he's his level of performance is for real? I can't. No. No. I can't. I don't. Nope, I don't. Um, he's had some good Babbitt luck. I think Kyle Gibson may have moved from not rosterable to rosterable. How about that? In the leagues that we play in, 15 teams and 12s, um, I think he's moved from not roster. I'm giving him that. He's moved from not rosterable to rosterable. But when you look at the rest of his skills, like his walk rate's better this year, but it's still not really good. Like he has his 15 walks and 47 mm-hmm. innings, not good. His strikeout rate is not good. It's at 7.8 per nine. Um, so he's had some good Babbitt luck. It's a 244 Babbitt. It's not ridiculously good this year, uh, but it's, but it's pretty good. Um, I, like I said, I think he's rosterable. Um, 
if I had them in a trading league, I might float them out there maybe for someone who I like better. I'll just give you a good, an easy, quick example. I don't know if this is perfect, but Dylan Bundy, I would trade Kyle Gibson for Dylan Bundy in a second. Dylan Bundy has an ERA in the fives. Maybe the Dylan Bundy owner just looks at the ERA gap and says, sure, I'll, I'll try Kyle Gibson. Um, I actually agree with you on that. I think that's the way it is. I just will throw out this stat. I think it's interesting. Opening day, Kyle Gibson was a disaster. Made a third of an inning, walked three guys, gave up four hits, five runs, all earned. Since that day, he has gone seven starts, 47 innings, 134 ERA, 0.89 whip. He's gone at least six innings in all of those starts. I'll tell you how hard it is yeah. to find guys going that long. I mean, it, it, it's really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he, his pitch counts, this is the big difference is the, you know, he's someone who the, his team's letting him throw a hundred pitches. Like his last yeah. five starts, 97, 99, 98, 107, 103. Um, he's hanging in these games despite not being incredibly efficient. Like he's got nine walks in his last four starts. So mm-hmm. he's like, nor- nowadays, normally if a guy's walking two batters to start, he's not throwing six, seven innings. Uh, they're letting him go deeper into his starts. I, I just not, uh, like I say, he's rosterable and I would use him right now in, I wouldn't li- like, I wouldn't use him against Boston. I wouldn't use him against the Yankees, but I use him in a lot of matchups. Um, if I had him in a league with trades though, I would float him out there and see what I could get. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so too. I just, I, I, I've been never Gibson because of what, what he did to me in the past. Yeah, so, I, I uh, get it. You might have, yeah. you might have a league with 11 never Gibsons plus you. So you might yeah. not be able to trade them. Uh, but, or, or if you want to go like find someone who needs pitching and take like a hitter who's slumping, like, like an Ian Happ, who we've talked about a few times, someone like that. Someone who's just had a miserable start to the season, but was like a pretty high pick, you know, and see if you can pick up someone like that, that maybe someone's just sick of. Yeah, well, which leads into a question here uh, from the chat. Uh, C. Sentara, or C. Sinatra, 10, but not Sinatra the singer, but uh, asks, who are the guys that are struggling right now that you would try to trade for? You mentioned one in Dylan Bundy as a possibility. Who are some other guys? Uh, we, you know, we mentioned Luis Castillo earlier in the podcast as another one. Give me a hitter that you try to target and maybe an early season slumper. Yeah, uh, Happ and Lindor, too, that uh... – that I think we talked about Lindor last week. Yeah. Yeah. I I, like, I was still, he's starting to come out of it, but the overall numbers are still really bad. So I think Hap fits a lot, like checks a lot of boxes right now and that the numbers are bad and he's on the IL, but he shouldn't be on the IL for that long. So that's someone else who I would, I would target Uh, another one on the pitching side. I would really look at is Nathan Eovaldi. And I don't think of Eovaldi as like really like bad, bad so far this year, but it, he hasn't been great lately and his ERA is 462. Um, but I believe he has the biggest gap of any qualified pitcher right now from his ERA to his FIP. So it's like two and a half runs. So his strikeout to walk is outstanding. So he's someone, he's just had some bad, some bad Babbitt luck, some bad strand rate luck. Um, he's someone on another one on the pitching side that I think you could pick up. There's another one for Kyle Gibson, right? Like if I had an overachiever who I didn't really believe in, like Kyle Gibson, you could probably get Eovaldi in a lot of leagues for him. And I would, I would rather Eovaldi. I think that's a good one. Uh, a little higher end, Pete Alonzo, only five homers so far. 255 is fine as far as the batting average goes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're expecting a few more homers. They're going to come. The weather's going to heat up. The Mets are actually mm-hmm. behind in games played, too. So, sneakily, you could probably add a few extra games in, which is always nice. Uh, so, that's an, one guy I try to add. Uh, I try to go for Ozzy Albies, although whoever owns Albies probably has some endowment effect 
Uh, now that I remember the phrase, I can go with um, it there, Kyle but... Tucker. There's one I'll, I'll add into. Uh, he's yep. you, you're, you're run. I think you're running out of time with Kyle Tucker. Like he had that big game uh, right. on Sunday and then he had another hit last night. So I think he might be running out of time with Kyle Tucker, but like overall he's still, he's batting 192. I think you could still buy low on him. And he's someone I, I, he would be right at the top of my list. Maybe the very top for guys I would buy low on right now. Yeah. Michael Brantley has nine RBI so far. Uh, but he's also hitting 300, so you're probably not going to be able to Yeah, I feel like people look at the batting average category more than they should when you talk trade. I I could be wrong, but I feel like they look at that batting average category, then homers and steals, and then kind of runs and RBIs last, which I don't know, maybe that makes some sense to look at runs and RBIs last, but whenever I think about who you can buy low on, my mind often starts with the guys who are hitting like under 200. Right at 200, Marcelo Zuna, 201. Yeah. What do you think about him? I buy low on Marcelo Zuna all day, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course I would. Uh, but I was hoping to get a contrary opinion. But uh, I guess not. <laughs> uh, so, no. Um, so, yeah. it, like, if you look at Ozuna, like, strikeout rate, same as last year. He's walking, a, like, less. But, like, it's not an, not an alarming less at all. He's walked plenty. Um, yeah, he's just off to a slow start, Babbitt's low. And last year, Babbitt was really high. Like, I'm not expecting Marcelo Zuna to be the 1,000 OPS guy he was last year, but I, I think he could be an 850 OPS guy going forward, which in the middle of that lineup is still really valuable. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'm going to close locally, with for you at least. Uh, Nate Pearson just got sent down today. A little surprising, but frankly, I, I was a little surprised they called him up after one minor league start, too weird thing. And I, I think it's related to the Jays just running out of pitching right now and mm-hmm. just struggling to find starters. And, you know, he had the one start and I guess they were encouraged enough. And I don't even know if they were expecting him to go five in that start at, at Houston, but I watched his performance and he just could not find the strike zone. So he could not, I, and I'm not like going to profess to being like the world's number one pitching scout, but he could not repeat his delivery. Like he, he would make one nice pitch and then like three, bad ones and a lot of the bad ones they were like really bad and nowhere near the strike zone and he was walking guys on four pitches and five pitches and there were counts right like he's 3 and he's missing the strike zone by a fair amount sometimes um he just couldn't repeat his delivery so he needs to go in the minors he needs to work on that he i think he needs to be down for I don't know, a minimum of like three starts or something like that. And those three starts would have to be like really encouraging, which is too bad because the Jays really could use him right now. But like they can't use him the way he pitched on Sunday. He basically like they gave them almost no chance. What's remarkable about Nate Pearson though, like I wouldn't dismiss him for this year when he could throw strikes on Sunday, they couldn't hit him. So like he'd walk two guys and then throw a 97, 98 mile an hour fastball and someone would pop it up and he'd get an easy out or get a ground ball double play or something. But like it, the Astros couldn't hit him very well. He just right. couldn't stop walking guys. And then eventually, I mean, you keep walking guys, eventually you give, you give up a ground ball, finds its way through and a couple of guys score. So um, I, I'd say he's a drop in any mixed league, but I'd say watch his AAA numbers and mostly just watch the walk total. And if it looks like the walk total is down, then get ready to pick him back up. Who makes a bigger impact this year in the big leagues, Nate Pearson or Alec Manoa? Oh, that's a great question. Um, a bigger impact. Uh, I'll go with Manoa. I think, I think because the Jays need pitching and Manoa's, if he keeps this up, like I think they'll have to bring him up in June. I, I, don't, think they, I don't think they bring him up now, but I think, 
maybe at some point in June, the Jays are trying to win this year. And if Nate Pearson can't come through, like they kind of, they need someone else in that rotation. And I think maybe Manoa gets his chance. They're really, really good. I mean, they're really faking the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation, right? Totally. Yeah. Guys like Anthony K, bullpen days, Trent Thornton, like they are, and it's worked like so far. Okay. Like they've, they've managed to get a lot of length out of their bullpen group. Um, like they're, they're a little, not, little raised stri- like. Yeah, Stripling and K haven't worked though. That's the thing. No. They're, no. They're, they've been horrible. Um, they're right. lucky yeah. they've had good Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz. Uh, that, that's, yeah, and Stephen Matz has been trending down. That's where yes, it felt like they really needed, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, like Ryu you can trust and Ray so far you can trust, but they're beyond that. Like Matt's is 50, 50, which is fine. He can be in the rotation, but stripling, uh, they really need one more guy to emerge. And if it's not going to be Pearson, I think they, at G- in June, at some point they give a shot to Manoa. So maybe in some leagues it's worth stashing him right now. Yeah, I think so too. I just picked yeah. up Manoa and Toutworth uh, for a cup for, for two, like uh, two or three bucks tied Ryan Perfect. Bloomfield, but yeah, yeah, I was lowering the standing, so I won. Uh, oh, wow. But, yeah. Uh, so you win idea. a tie on a $1,000 budget. That's 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 amazing. It's like, yeah. Uh, but it, it's that time of season you start speculating. Yeah. You know, we see Kelnick. Uh, he also added Vidal Brujan uh, from the Rays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's that time to start, like, speculating. Even early, because you're looking you, – you look at the player and you look at the team and what they have. You know, Kevin Kiermaier just went on the IL for the Rays yeah. again. Shocking enough. Um, so – there's an opening there. So pound yeah. that home. Yeah. Pound and, that and, that's right. And in a, in a league like AL tout, what's Manoa cost? You, like, you have to put him in the lineup for those listening who don't know the rules to tout, but you have to put him in your lineup this week, but all he's going to cost you is a middle reliever for a week. Like he's yep. going to cost you three strikeouts, probably three or four strikeouts, probably not a win. Who knows how the ratios will go for that reliever in one week. Like it's easy to grab them in there. It's impossible in the NFBCs. Like they're not available, but in, in a lot of other formats they are. And it all depends on bench size and things like that. But I do think Manoa will get his shot. As long as he keeps performing in AAA, he could quickly shoot. I don't know if he shoots past Peterson in like Pearson, sorry, in a long-term sense, or maybe just shoots up with him and is just throwing the ball better right now. Like Pearson's got stuff to figure out. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, the downside is you can get Daniel lynched. I mean, that, that happened last okay. week and yeah, that, that could happen where he's just not that good at, initially, but I'm actually holding on to Lynch too. I'm not, I'm not dropping. Interesting. The, the good thing about guys like Manoa going forward is when you bring them up, they'll be coming off a series of effective right. AAA starts. Whereas someone like Lynch was coming off like nothing alternate site didn't play last year. Like, like at least now when Manoa comes up, you might be, he might have a 2.5 DRA from seven triple A starts or something. And then you bring Mm -hmm. him up. So, I mean, you know, he's throwing well, he still could, you still could get lynched, but I I feel a little safer. Now we get, once we get a basis of triple A stats. That's right. Any other uh, parting shots before we sign off today, Fred? No, I don't think so. I will just go back to our opening and I'm just waiting for this Jared Klenick debut and I'm waiting to see what, what we think of him. It'll be, if he falls flat on his face, it'll be the, you'll be, you'll be podcasting with the most disappointed version of Fred Zink you've ever podcasted Aww. with next Tuesday. If, if he comes out and starts one for 15, I'll be like, Ugh. no, you that know? means you get, no, I think you more like if he starts off one for 15, that means you'll be successful in trading for him. And you'll be like psyched. Cause you had him in two more leagues by the time. Yeah. The <laughs> no, I need this guy to, I need in those NFPCs. I need this guy to hit the ground running. I do. So I, I, I yeah, you. I don't think he's going back down, but I, I mean, agree. either, either way, but I, he, he, this guy needs to hit the ground running. 
Indeed, indeed. Yeah. All right, that's going to conclude today's podcast. We got uh, Clay and James with the Prospect Pod. They actually have real minor league stats to talk about. Should be fun. So make sure to tune in for that. As always, please subscribe, uh, rate, and review. Appreciate everybody jumping in on the chat as well today uh, during the live stream. Uh, but uh, and we'll keep doing this. Uh, please uh, chime in. And thanks for your Twitter questions too. Have a great day. Try RotoWire today, free for ten days. Get our premium tools. Rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try.